0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you download DraftKings Sportsbook, you can use promo code DNVR to make your first deposit and make a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code dnvr right now only DraftKings sportsbook i am patrick lyons
1: and i am Susie hunter patrick happy draft day we are recording this on sunday and the rockies are really just minutes away from making their first round pick
0: yeah we're going to be covering the, the all the draft we'll recap the the series all the wonderful and wild stuff that we had uh, down at at coors field and yes do a lot of draft stuff right off the bat jackson holiday one one first overall pick selected by the baltimore orioles matt holiday's son yes that same holiday uh jackson Holiday goes one one so congratulations to his entire family he becomes only the second player to be taken first overall to be drafted whose father also played in the majors that, yeah the, the first Ken griffey jr
1: yeah there we go so we are I mean, he's in good company, so that's pretty cool. Good for him. Congratulations. Um, uh, Yeah, so we've already seen the first couple of picks. Kumar Rocker, pick number three to the Rangers. That's pretty – I was pretty surprised he went so early.
0: Yeah, that was a little bit shocking right as as we went live. Drew Jones, number two, to the Arizona Diamondbacks. We know Derek Montia uh, down there in in Arizona. Very happy. Talked with those guys. uh, Caught up with them right at the beginning of their draft show. But Rockies. Rolling into the break, doing pretty well. They do lose on Sunday, eight to three, uh, but they go to 43 and 57 games under 500. They're about six and a half games back of the third NL wild card, which does sound pretty good. It does mean they have the 10th best record in the National League. They would need to jump over four teams to get into that spot, into that third and final wild card spot. Miami and San Francisco, they're definitely gonna have to jump over. And then two of three teams, St. Louis, Philadelphia, Milwaukee. They would need to do that. But they roll into the break here, having won eight of their last 11. They're 12 and eight over the last 20 uh, since June 27th. And ultimately, since Chris Bryant has been back, they've uh, they've looked a little bit better when it comes to the win-loss column.
1: Yeah, for sure. Chris Bryant is just that piece that makes them just that much better. That just puts them right over the edge to win these games. So the past couple of weeks, the Rockies have looked pretty good.
0: Yeah, Bryant was held hitless today uh, on Sunday, but he did have a 15-game active on-base streak. He reached base every single game since he's been back from the IL. So uh, he's been really solid for them overall. Austin Gomber, I thought the stat line makes it seem as if he was pretty good. Uh, I think he might have been a little bit erratic. A lot of traffic on the bases, five innings pitched, uh, allowed seven hits, walked two, gave up three, only two of them were earned. Struck out five, but he is not our DraftKings sportsbook king of the game. <laughs> Susie, who, who would that be? Who did we pick?
1: You know what? I believe it's going to be the friends we made along the way. The That is the true king of the game. Look at all those friends. And, of course, happy Draft Day to everyone as we head into the All-Star break.
0: I wouldn't describe the first half, and we've got three or four days here the rest of the week to kind of – do that little bit of a recap of, of how the first half went, but I, I, I don't think the first half was that painful. Maybe again, it, it depends on your expectations of the club. I think there were some highlights. I think we understand the lowlights, but overall it's probably what you w- would have expected. No,
1: you know what? So the beginning of the season was not painful. It was fun. We had the hot start and then things got very painful. And now as we're heading into the all-star break, things have become less painful so it's like a, it's like a bell curve that's how yeah. i'm seeing the first half
0: i like that one of the painful things that hasn't really been much of a topic as of late the rockies defense it's actually been quite good we haven't had to talk about it very much i know uh going into this game on on sunday i think they would had the least amount of errors going back to uh a, a certain date it might have been that that game against miami where they they made three or four errors that was uh really inexcusable uh, Ryan McMahon did make an error his 13th of the season most in Major League Baseball but one of the interesting things is some of the de- defensive metrics out there actually are really favoring his abilities over there at third base he's got five outs above average it's a really good statistic uh, that's used on baseball savant basically stat cast right that leads the team and is tied for 17th best with Jay Cronenworth Uh, Amongst all infielders, there's 162 qualified infielders all around Major League Baseball. Ryan McMahon, 17. So very strange to think you have the most errors by far. You've got 13, but also using another metric, hey, you've gotten to a lot more baseballs or you've made a lot more difficult and challenging plays. That's kind of more than made up for that. So uh, I find that to be really intriguing.
1: The duality of Ryan McMahon. Is what we're seeing here. Uh, Yeah. He's certainly having an interesting season for sure.
0: Also two hits for CJ Crone, B-Rod and Elias Diaz today. Each one of those guys had a double Elias Diaz had himself a triple you were there at the ballpark could you hear him breathing on third base trying to catch his (laughs) breath what was that what was that atmosphere like there
1: yeah you know what honestly it was like one of those hits where you're just like oh is that going farther than and then no it was a triple uh but I mean he does not have a lot of triples he has three career triples this is his second this season so we don't see a triple from Elias Diaz very often so it was kind of exciting
0: as, yeah for park factors as far as that goes like Coors they it yeah. just it's a, it's a triples factory and it doesn't produce a lot like let's let's be clear the factory is not churning out you know a whole bunch of these day in and day out but a lot more than uh, than, than most it's like a bitcoin miner like it, it really is is efficient <laughs> at what it does a lot more bitcoin a lot more triples being churned out uh, at 2001 Blake Street Antonio Sinzatella was a, a candidate to possibly start this game Uh, We know he had started on Tuesday night for Albuquerque in Sacramento. Five innings pitched. He only gave up one run. I think he only struck out one as well. So he was a candidate to start. He didn't. It's Austin Gomber. Looks like Senza will be starting one of the first few games. Coming back after the break, we did see that tie block was optioned down to Albuquerque after the game. So, it's kind of like a formality of, hey, let's let get him down, get situated a little bit in Albuquerque. He's going to hang tight there for a little bit. Sensatello is going to come off the uh, the IL uh, once games resume on Friday in Milwaukee. But that I'm not going to say it throws a wrench into the works, but it creates an interesting scenario. And I know you were able to talk a little bit with Bud Black about that post-game for what that might mean for his rotation.
1: Yeah, Buddy is toying with the idea of a six-man rotation. I mean, we have six solid starters now and i mean what are you gonna do with them so toying with the idea i mean it might not be a long-term situation but it sounds like it's a real possibility when we come back from the all-star break
0: i think when they get back They go to Milwaukee for a four-game series that starts on Friday, which is kind of weird. So they'll have a night game on Monday before playing the White Sox on Tuesday at Coors Field. So that also feels very strange. Yeah. But it it starts a series of play where uh, they don't have an off day for 17 straight days. They've done with that before. Mm -hmm. But it's actually 18 games. In 17 days, because one of those first games that got washed out, you remember uh, the Rockies lost five games, so they didn't actually lose as many as most other teams. So that three-game series in LA where they were supposed to start that get got tacked on to the end of the season. That's why they finish up six games.
1: Uh, they didn't lose those games. They misplaced right. those games. <laughs>
0: there you go. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They robbed Peter to pay Paul at the end of the season.
1: Exactly, so yeah. But we got, an- was, yes, we got another doubleheader coming up.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then there were two games uh, with San Diego. They already taken care of one. And so the other one actually is on the trade deadline. So – that's going to be quite a wild day. Uh, I should be in San Diego for that too. On top of all, so you got a full slate of games. Uh, two two games there on Tuesday against the Padres on the trade deadline, and I think things are kind of lining up there. So. Once they get past that hurdle, they've got every Monday off in the month of August after that point going forward. I'm looking
1: at the schedule right now, and I'm like thinking of all the plans I'm going to make on Mondays. I don't I'm not in my office. I'm in in a press box. I'm in a broadcast room. I'm looking at it on my computer.
0: So this is giving me a hard time. (laughs) Well, this is a bit of a of a gauntlet here, too, because uh, talking about it last week uh, with Drew Goodman the fact that they've gotten a lot of their easiest competition out of the way early. So you may like how they're playing now with Chris Bryant back, and you want to maybe say, hey, let's give this a chance. Let's give uh, this full team an opportunity because they really haven't had all these guys together. Uh, I I was kind of curious. I think it might have been Saturday's lineup. It was Connor Joe, Chris Bryant, Charlie Blackman, CJ Crone, Brendan Rodgers, and you go, hey, that's a tight little lineup there, one through five. Ryan McMahon batting sixth. Jose Iglesias, who now... Uh, after three-plus months, you're like, yeah, I like him there in a, a, a run-producing spot in the lineup. And maybe you say, you know, this team isn't so bad, but they're seven games under 500 right now. They've got a lot more tougher competition coming up. They have still get to play the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, as we mentioned, the six games against the Dodgers. In Los Angeles, according to Patrick Saunders, those are already, you can pencil them in for six losses. He was kidding, but it is something to to note that that is going to be very challenging. And even before that series, they've got three in San Francisco. So they finish up with nine on the road. They've gotten a bulk of their their home games out of the way. So they are really going to be up against it. And really, this 18 games in 17 day stretch is going to mean a ton. And really, not even the full 17 days because the deadline comes somewhat in the middle there and then you're going to have to make a choice at that point. There's no secondary trade deadline like there used to be uh, under the previous CBA where you could slide a guy through waivers and someone else would still get him. You could maybe get a prospect. Now, bottom line, if you want to get something for your players, especially if they're going to be free agents at the end of the year and you're ultimately going to end up empty-handed, you need to you need to make a move by August 2nd. So, uh we're going to we're going to be all over that. It's going to be interesting
1: yeah august 2nd is going to be a busy day for us of course the trade deadline has to be the day that we have a scheduled doubleheader. of course it does
0: naturally speaking yeah
1: naturally we'll have no shortage of things to talk about
0: oh man we've got no shortage of things to talk about at the dnvr.com where now it's only 50 cents for your first month all kinds of amazing coverage from the nuggets abs broncos we're doing our things Can't forget the Rapids, great coverage of CSU Rams, CU Buffs, rugby, golf, you name it. You also get access to our members-only Discord. Apologies to everyone who's talking about the draft right now. There were a couple questions for Susie and I in there, and so we respond to them as much as possible. Give you guys some insider information. The bar's up and running. You get extra raffle tickets at all of our watch parties, all kinds of price breaks. And, hey, if you're ready to go all in right now with that membership to the DNVR.com, we're going to reward you with a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. Action never stops at DraftKings Sportsbook all throughout this summer. All your favorite sports. With DraftKings Sportsbook, it's going to help fuel your fan fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before because we're talking about same-game parlays where there's spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props. Your betting options should be endless. It'll certainly feel endless. And right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, they're giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Seriously, make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, guess what? You get another shot to cash in. It's a two-for-one deal. can't really beat that. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 with promo code DnVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-522-4700. Monday, we got a wonderful live show lined up 4 30, right before the Home Run Derby. I think we got the times right. It starts at 6 o'clock, right?
1: Correct, yeah, starts right. at 6 o'clock. I do want to hop in here for our people watching live. We are only at pick number five in the draft right now. We're what, 45 minutes in. So at number five, the Nationals picked Elijah Green. So the draft is creeping along.
0: It is, yeah, they had some really good over-unders of like also face-offs. Who's gonna get picked higher? This guy or that guy? A lot of really fun stuff, even through day two and day three. Make sure you're checking out DraftKings Sportsbook for all of that. But uh, we will get to the, the Home Run Derby predictions in that live show on 430 uh, on Monday. You may hear it on the podcast a day later. But i got to give you an early tip now, especially you know before the line possibly moves. But my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week in the Home Run Derby. Is it the polar bear? No. I promised myself last year I would never bet against him. I promised myself, after seeing what he did, (laughs) he's 5 in the mob deep, and I'm like, I love this man. He is amazing, but maybe because I like the odds a little bit better, I think it goes really well for the storyline. They're only going to meet in the finals. That's another thing. You can also bet on the finals and say, hey, I think it's going to be these two people. Really good payouts for that. I got Juan Soto plus 600 winning the derby he probably he got jobbed out last year because he had to go against otani and i had said that was going to be the matchup and that was why i was like there's no way otani's gonna win it because he's gonna expend all his energy on soto and that's exactly what happened i think they in something like 30 home runs yeah i think this is going to be soto's year and if it's the polar bears year i will have lost my money but i will be just as happy
1: um, yeah, I'm a little conflicted. I'm like, I mean, come on. He's already won it twice. Who knows what'll happen? Tough to wrap my mind around betting against him. But I have a lot of faith in Kyle Schwarber. I know we're going to talk about this more tomorrow, but I just want to put it out there.
0: <laughs> you like the Schwarbster. I like the
1: Schwarbster. I do.
0: I wonder if I'll do a little uh, umpire dance uh, like like we might see that going on. Uh, Jose he's he he's got a little dance in his blood, man. He was really good uh, over the weekend. Let's talk about the two victories that the Rockies had. They had a five-game win streak there. Unfortunately, we weren't able to talk after that five-game win streak. We're talking about when he got snapped. But Jose Urania outstanding in his first win with the Rockies on Saturday. Third consecutive quality start for him. Only fifth Rocky to ever begin his career quite like that.
1: Yeah, no, definitely good stuff for him for, from him for sure. Um, yeah, and also Saturday night was just so great in general. Chris Bryant went three for three. Um, he's, again, been great since returning from the IL. And I mean, that five game win streak is the longest win streak the Rockies have had all season long. So truly, yeah. it's a hot end to the half. <laughs>
0: I said this on Twitter, at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter, and, and I'm sure we probably liked it on our main account, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Chris Bryant is going to win a batting title. He is a very good hitter. I don't, he's not Tony, Tony Gwynn good. He's not Wade Boggs good. He's a very good hitter, and Coors Field helps out very good hitters. That's why they've had 11 batting titles in 29 seasons going into this year. He's not going to do it this year. He's missed too many games, so he's not going to qualify. But since he's been back... From the IL, he's hitting 356 at least before today's 0-for-4 performance. So uh, he's just been really good. And, you know, it's nice to see that his powers coming along a little bit. But I just think he's just going to dominate, spray the ball all around the outfield. Uh, and he's, he's going to win himself a batting title. Daniel Bard might win himself a, a Fireman of the Year award. He recorded his 20th save also on Saturday. Seventh Rocky all-time to record at least 20 saves before the All-Star break. And, yes... It is a travesty. I don't know if you should say tragedy. Travesty is it's a better. It's a travesty. Thing. Yeah. It's a travesty. He's not going to be joining CJ Crone in the all-star game, but they're still adding people. They added like four more guys today. I don't know if you saw that. So there's like, maybe eight, maybe there's like 80
1: all-stars this year.
0: <laughs> that's actually like exactly right. Very, yeah. You have a spreadsheet. Is that how you, is that how you knew the exact number? That's pretty what good. What
1: if I was a secret spreadsheet girl and was just like keeping it as a secret. Cause I didn't know everyone to know that I'm a nerd.
0: Could be, I could see could that.
1: Be. Or I saw a tweet about it.
0: We we nerded out on Friday for Edman Marquez's 900th career strikeout, all of which, obviously, for the Rockies. He said uh, he's he's looking forward to his 1,000th, uh, which would make him the first player to do it. Jorge De La Rosa already has, I think he's got 932, something like that. But he was dominant against the Pirates, which. Uh, is is part of his life story. He dominates against them each and every time out, and so uh, nothing new there from him.
1: Yeah, no, love seeing him dominate. And Also, season high for runs scored: thirty three runs during the that four game win streak. Just madness, peak course.
0: That's pretty impressive. Yeah, they're uh, they eleven run victory, thirteen to two. Mm-hmm. Do the math there, right? Uh, trust me, you know, we don't we don't need a spreadsheet for that. Either of us, either of us, we don't need it. <laughs> But 11-run victory, it's only the 50th time they'd ever won by 11 or more. I was kind of surprised. I actually would have thought maybe the number was a little bit higher, but guess not. So I, I thought that was interesting. Uh, it was the first time it happened since last August, and only the second time it's happened since 2018. So... Uh, that, that's, that's kind of a rarity that that, that, had happened. Cronin Rogers went back to back home runs. First time we've seen that since last September, a drought of 109 games, their fourth longest in franchise history. I'd actually had, uh, emailed Rocky's PR about this like a month ago saying, Hey, it's kind of been a while. And at that point it was like the ninth longest drought. I said, okay, I'm going to keep an eye on that. And sure enough, as soon as it happened, went back through my emails as you do and, you figure it out. I was like, yeah, it's kind of a long time that they've lacked that power. I think we talked about it on the show. I think we both made predictions as to what we thought it was. I think one of us said Blackman, Crone. The other one said Oh, Crony-Rod.
1: right. We did have a conversation. Uh, we're going to need to go back into the archives and figure out who was right. Who I, was.
0: Honestly, I think I said Blackman, Crone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the dub on that. I'm going to give you the dub.
1: Interesting.
0: If you don't want it, that's fine.
1: I mean, I'll take it because honestly, I might have. I feel like I definitely said Rogers because I was like, "No, he's coming back in a big way." Um, so yeah, I I will take the dub. Thank you. Uh,
0: <laughs> wonderful little draft update here coming fourth overall to Mar Johnson. Uh, as Susie said, Elijah Green goes to the Nationals. A guy who at this time last year. Uh, it seemed like was a foregone conclusion to go first overall. He was, he was the big attraction uh, at the All-American game that took place, uh, I think it was on the Saturday of the All-Star weekend. Uh, so he goes fifth, falls there to the Nationals, and the Marlins take Jacob Berry, a guy that looked like could possibly fall to the Rockies at 10. Still means, still means my guy, Cam Collier, is available. 17-year-old played ball at junior college. He's still on the board. We're gonna wait and see what happens. Another interesting prospect. Very you could you could miss him here. You you could it felt like you probably could have reached out and and touched him at shortstop. Is that right, Susie? O'Neill Cruz. (laughs) Big dude. He's a big dude. He's
1: huge. He's just absolutely enormous.
0: Six foot seven. And he plays shortstop. So imagine Aaron Judge. After – he's probably got to go on, like, a 10-day fast. He's got to go on the, the Beyonce lemon juice, hot water, and cayenne pepper kind of diet. Incidentally, I did do that once. That sounds we'll talk terrible. About I, but by the end, I was just bored of it, but – it was good. It helped me uh, cut some lbs. It was an interesting. I don't little, believe honest, cleansing
1: like fundamentally, so we're gonna talk offline about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I actually would recommend it, but um, but I did I did survive it. He's a, he's he's a little lankier. He's a he's a lanky version of of Aaron Judge, and there's he's just there's a
1: gigantic. picture of the two of them together standing next to each other, and it's the first time that Aaron Judge does not look like a giant. He looks like a normal person. It's it's trippy.
0: Last year at the All Star Game, walking behind Aaron Judge, it was kind of painful watching him just because he looked like he had—I don't know—gigantism, elephantitis. I don't something where it was like painful. And O'Neill Cruz is kind of similar. Like when he walks, I'm like, I feel like his knees already hurt. Like he's he's been in the NBA for at least a decade. Like when I guess when you've got those long levers, like that's that can be an issue. Not an issue for Jose Glacius, five eleven. So there is there's quite a disparity between those two guys, huh?
1: Yeah, seeing them stand next to each other, it's like, oh, like, Jose's not a short guy, but, like, O'Neal Cruz made him look short. It was just, like, in comparison, he's just, O'Neal Cruz is such a big person.
0: Seventh overall pick, Cubs get Cade Horton out of the Mm -hmm. University of Oklahoma, the first college arm to get drafted. I'm not going to necessarily count Kumar Rocker uh, as he was an independent professional Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, but nevertheless... Cam Collier still available. All right, moving on. One of the other big crazes this week in the midst of All-Star Weekend and all that, the Crocs craze. It, uh, it, it hit Coors Field. We know about it. There's a story over on the dnvr.com. All the players have it. Lucas Gilbreth hooked it up. Chad Cool was the inspiration. And then it went to just it, – it skipped a level. It went two levels above on Friday because another package derived, and all the players just went crazy.
1: Yeah, the, the gibbets arrived. Um, or I guess they're actually, I think these might be knockoff gibbets. But, um, but Luke,
0: are you saying Luke, they're fibbets?
1: They might be fibbets. Is that the uh, rumor? But allegedly. Not, allegedly. Allegedly. For legal purposes, we are joking. But uh, yeah, Lucas Gilbreth is having a really good time ordering these and like seeing what everyone's picking. So like, even over the past couple of days, like they're still like all on a table in the clubhouse. There's still like a ton that are left over that are still available for guys to kind of like pick up. But he was like, Oh, look at these, look at all these Lilo and stitch ones. Like, look at all of the, like, it was just, it, everyone's still getting such a kick out of them. I'm just happy that the guys are finally decorating their crocs because a few days ago they were looking a little
0: bare. They were. They just had the numbers. That was that was on. Nice job by Gilbert for for hooking that up. But but you're right. Like it was, man. They were look like little kids. I've I've legit never seen the Rockies clubhouse like that. There was like eight of them, all crowded around the table. Brian Servant, I'm pretty sure, was there for about thirty minutes. He had a whole <laughs> scheme. He went with like the original Pokemon on one of his Crocs. Uh, I, I don't know a ton about the Pokemon, but I know enough to remember it was Charmander. Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. I guess those are the three OG Pokemon. I, I don't know that I can necessarily make that sound cool. And then, and then once he went back to his locker, he talked with Carlos Estevez for 10 minutes about Pokemon. And then Estevez, 10 minutes after that, was scratched from the game and scratched from the roster. He had to go witness the birth of his second daughter. So it was like, wow, that's, you're going from talking about Pokemon to, hey, I got to get to the hospital because I'm going to be a dad again.
1: What a, a whirlwind. Friday was an absolute whirlwind, but that's nice to see, you know, and it's been like a lot of roller coaster up and down this season. So it's nice to see just some pure joy in that clubhouse.
0: It was. And they were like, Oh hey, this one would be good for you. And someone gave uh, gave one that looked like Luigi to Robert Stevenson because he's got the mustache now.
1: Oh my god. Right, so here's my question.
0: Here actually this here's a question. Did okay. Robert Stevenson like the Luigi emoji given to him, or did he not like it?
1: Um. Wait. Do you know, or do you want me to guess? No.
0: I was. I was there. you oh. I, I have the answer.
1: I. You I would he assume was like, yes or no. I would assume he liked it because he chose to have a mustache, and I think that he has a good sense of humor about himself. Am I right, or am I wrong?
0: You are wrong. Huh? However, that's the exact same take I would have had. His response was. Ah, kind of more of a Mario. He was bummed that he didn't get the Mario vibe. He got a Luigi. He got the second. He got the also ran, so he was kind of like, "No, so he 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 liked the sentiment, I think, but he's like, yeah, but but Mario, that's the guy. That's um, me. I'm a Mario. Now I'm not a Luigi."
1: This has like very much brought <laughs> out the inner child in all these guys because that's oh, like yeah. very much a kid thing to do.
0: I think Hilliard and a couple other guys b-rod was getting ready he was taking some reps in the cage he came back in and he was looking around like oh man i'm late to the party and someone was like hey i we put the we put a kobe one on your uh, on your chair so someone had saved him a kobe one and a couple other ones so it was like they put these aside for each other knowing who would like what and so it was they're they're they are ecstatic over the gibbets slash fibbits
1: They're having fun, and I I, I like to see – and you know what? They're having fun, and it's like – it's carrying over onto the field. Like, we've had a really great homestand here, so I'm all for it. I think there's something to it. I'm excited about the future of these Crocs. Also, low-key kind of makes me want to get a pair of Crocs because I keep hearing about how comfortable they are and how versatile they are. This has been like a giant ad, an immersive ad experience for Crocs.
0: The crockies are, uh, they're, they're seven games under 500, but since they've been the crockies, I think they've got a winning record. So, uh, that, okay. that works.
1: actually, yeah. Start a spreadsheet of what their record is from the time they became the crockies through the rest of the season. And we, we'll see we if said we need they to... needed
0: something, yeah. right? We said like the, La, La, las cucarachas was 2019. They at least had the home run shades last year. And so now I think they're going with the Crockies thing, and I, I I don't know how they can like bring that on the field. That's more a behind the scenes thing, but mm-hmm. they'll figure it out. I don't I don't know if Crocs makes any uh, baseball equipment. <laughs> they have to get some special. <laughs> can we get gibbets for your bat? No, now legit. Oh, so here's a weird one. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Evan Longoria. I can remember this from like four years ago. He's got a, uh, a Charizard. I think that's when Charmander like becomes a dragon, and he fought. This came oh, out when no. I was in a... Pokemon came out when I was practically an adult, so I don't know. <laughs> but he's got, like, a Charizard on the bottom of his bat. So they might be able to get, like, special gibbet gems to put on the, the knob of their bat.
1: Oh, I don't okay. know if
0: they'll be MLB approved, but they, they've got a It's working for them already. Who am I, who am I to, to say? Whatever who am I they're... Approved? Yeah,
1: whatever they're doing right now has been working for sure. I mean, Sunday aside, I mean, they've been doing well.
0: Yeah, no, it's, I love that kind of swag. Uh, It's the kind of swag that you can get only at Foco.com. F-O-C-O. Kind of like Fort Collins here, right? We're talking local companies. Uh, Keep the celebration going from the Stanley Cup Finals. By the way, did you forget the Avs are the best team in all of hockey? They continue to make a bunch of transactions. Another reason why you got to make sure you're checking out DNBR Avalanche because they are running it back. They've signed a lot of their most key players. It's exciting, and Foco is helping you keep that celebration alive with the 2022 Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup Champions merchandise. Their collection features everything from apparel like shirts, hats, accessories, player bobbleheads. They got a cool Joe Sakic one that's out there. Look, you you can get covered head to toe over at Foco.com. You can also click the link below in our YouTube description if you're not watching it on youtube make sure you head over to the dnvr sports channel so you can see all of our wonderful graphics and uh, and different things that kale's doing behind the scenes for a fully immersive experience use code dnvr for 10 percent off all non-presale items when you go to foco.com that's code dnvr for 10 percent off and hey if you want a little uh, chance to get something even more than just a bobble hand, but something that also is going to make you think of the green that the Rockies wore today. Uh, it was a green pants day. Head on over and check out our friends at Colorado Golf Association because they've got an awesome raffle going on right now for all the golf fans out there. They've got a dream golf vacation raffle. You got a bunch of different options like going golfing over there in Maui and Wailea Blue Golf Course, Whistling Straits, uh, you, you got Palm Beach Golf Tour as well as a $5,000 gift card to Bandon Dunes. So check all of that out. Uh, That's going on. I think today might even be one of the last days to be eligible to win uh, an early bird prize of the VIP experience at the 2022 BMW Championship. All proceeds of this goes to the CGA Community Programs, uh, which include Youth On Course and the Solich Caddy and Leadership Academy. Uh, That really helps some underprivileged folks get some time on some of these amazing golf courses that you and I already love. Let's pass it down to the next generation. So head to coloradogolf.org to get your tickets today.
1: Without fail, your transitions are just absolutely seamless.
0: Well, CJ Cronin is going to transition over to Los Angeles since he is an all-star. There we go. He's going to be doing it in style because uh, word on the street is he got a uh, he got himself a, a jet. He's going all out, as he very much should for his, his first all-star appearance. And the reason I bring this up is not just to say, hey, look, here's what uh, these guys are doing behind the scenes to pull back the curtain. It's to point out how good of a guy, how good of a heart CJ Cronin is because he's not just hooking himself up. He decided, you know what, I'm going to place a call over to the Pirates Clubhouse and see if their guy – wants to join me. So it can be uh, an experience we share together. So David Bednar, he also is going to be jumping on this uh, special flight to Los Angeles, where uh, they're both going to be all-stars and are going to be treated like all-stars for the next couple of days. So I thought that was really, really classy of a move by Mr. Crone.
1: I like it so much. I just love the idea of them instead of carpooling, they're jetpooling to the all-star game. I, it's great. I mean, it, it makes so much sense, though. I mean, they're both in the same place. I hope they have a really fun plane ride. You
0: I'm also needed. super excited. I'm also super excited <laughs> for, for Tyler Anderson, who, former Rocky was also added to the all-star team in the national league. So uh, it's really cool to see uh, him shine here. Like, uh, you know, he did a lot for the Colorado Rockies, but the numbers get skewed when you pitch at Coors field, uh, not even so much because of the home runs, but because of all those base hits that fall in. And it's, it's death by a thousand s- singles, right? It's like death Ooh, by paper cuts. Yeah. It's what it's, what it's like. And so uh, he never got a chance to, to shine and uh, be an all-star there, but uh, happy for him now. And uh, he probably doesn't have to travel. Very far. He's already in LA, so that kind of works out really nicely uh, for him and his family. So, congrats to Tyler Anderson.
1: Yeah, it'll probably take him as long to drive to the park. It'll probably take him longer to drive there than CJ Crone and David Budnar's private jet flies there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just about. Well, depending on the traffic, you never know. I know.
1: I'm saying like the traffic. It'll take. It'll take <laughs> Tyler Anderson longer. That was the joke. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Jokes are always funnier when you have to explain them. Uh, I'm crushing it right now.
0: Brooksley going eighth to the Minnesota twins, a player who this morning, as of this morning was the odds on favorite to go first overall, because it seemed as if the Orioles were going to try to cut a deal with a player, uh, We'll talk about that here in just a second, because as we know, we, we talked about it a little bit last week, why the MLB draft is so much different than all the other ones. But do want to also give a shout out to Zach Veen, the lone representative for the Rockies. Ezekiel Tovar should have been there, had the groin injury, so unfortunately uh, wasn't able to play. But uh, Zach Veen looking fantastic. What did, First off, what did you think of the uniforms that were worn by uh, the prospects in the Futures game for the AL and the NL, Susie?
1: You know what? I thought they were super different and they're a little wacky, but I actually like them a lot. They're very, they're very LA. They're very Hollywood. Um, the Dodgers graphics packages are like pretty out there. So I was like, you know what? This is just as out there as what they do at Dodger stadium. So I actually, I actually like them. I actually yeah. like them a lot.
0: I like them too, even though I don't like them. I, I'm not making sense. No, they, they are no, very weird. you know what? I would never wear, like, wear them. But I'm Patrick, like, hey, this is a fun thing. It plays in the sun of LA. And so I'm like, you know what? Go for it. Just go crazy. So in that case, I, I liked it.
1: I have a theory. I have a theory about fashion that I don't talk about a lot. But whenever I see high-end fashion, there's always something a little ugly about it. So I just like have this theory that all the best fashion has something a little ugly about it. And I think these uniforms kind of fit into that.
0: Colorado fans know about the <laughs> Patrick Waugh, Larry Walker jersey, the Royker, where it's half Avs jersey, half Rockies. That's kind of what it's like, but at least these colors went. They flowed together. Mm-hmm. And Zach Veen, I guess, uh, got some really good intel because he played off on that kind of half jersey look with his cleats. So yep. he had one that was yellow, he had one that had a little bit more of, of a flash. And so he got personalized cleats uh, from stadium cleats. There were even some players. Uh, that that commented on just how nice they look. So Zach Bean was was doing it up uh, really nicely uh, for the Futures game and had himself a, a really good day at the plate as well where uh, he was really solid. Here we see a, a photograph, uh, an image now over on the YouTube channel. Positive vibes is what he's got on the, the yellow side of the jersey with all a bunch of smiley faces. And then on the other one, he's got the mountains. He's got Dinger even on it. Dinger was at the Futures game. Let's go.
1: I, I love this so much. I think he really knocked it out of the park with these cleats. Everyone was talking about them. They've been all over social media. They were talking about them during that mic'd up moment during the futures game. So good on him for taking the opportunity to set himself apart, not just as a player, but as a fashion icon.
0: Yeah. Set himself apart too, but with his day at the plate, he did go two for three with a run, still two, two bases, still second, Followed up by Steele in third base. uh, Talked about after the game about getting a good jump. It's not just about true speed. It's about getting a jump here. Rockies are officially on the clock. Gavin Cross goes to the Kansas City Royals outfielder from Virginia Tech. He was one of those three players that looked like was going to be available for the Rockies at 10. Jacob Berry, Gavin Cross, and Jace Young. Jace Young still available, second baseman out of uh, Texas Tech. He's still on the board. We'll wait to see if the Rockies go that route, go with the middle infielder, or if they do take a kid with young with, with really good upside, he, he's a kid. He's 17 years old. Got a GED, so he could go play ball at junior college, a real good one down in Florida at Chipola JUCO, and following in the path of of guys. Well, frankly, like Bryce Harper. Don't think he'll have as high as much of a high upside as a Bryce Harper. But Cam Collier is that guy that I said over on the PHNX D-Baxter draft show. Maybe this would be this year's version of Zach Veen. So. Cam Collier is out there. We'll kind of wait and see what happens.
1: Yeah. Um, I love that. He's your guy. You know, you picked a guy. You're. I, he's, I, he's I don't, I, I'm at a loss for words because this is my daily mention of. I still got COVID brain.
0: Look, he's got the pedigree. Jackson yeah. holiday goes first overall. And you say, yep. Son of Matt holiday. Drew Jones goes second overall. Son of a guy that I think will eventually get in the hall of fame. Andrew Jones, Kumar Rocker, son of a former NFL player. Elijah Green goes fifth, son of Eric Green, two-time Pro Bowler uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you've got this kind of lineage. Brooks Lee, uh, his father is a legendary coach at Cal Poly. So you've got all these guys. And uh, Cam Collier, Cameron Collier, son of Lou Collier, had a nice little career as a fourth outfielder. He is still available. Now, one thing that you did today in running around the ballpark, you're still there now, so you're – it's yeah. impressive. This is a long day. It's it's getting even longer. But you caught up with a bunch of the Rockies, and I know there there's uh, something we want to play here that's very special because, you know, we're looking at the future Rockies, and, and we're looking at these players who are going to get taken and uh, are going to be a fabric of uh, of the roster for for years to come. Uh, even if we're just talking about minor leaguers and the farm system, you're going to hear these same names. But at one point, the guys who are there now on the 26 man roster, they were in the same shoes as these young amateur players were at one point.
1: Yeah. And I got a chance. I asked a bunch of the guys what they remember the most about their draft day experience, the moment that they were drafted. So of course, you know, we talked to Brendan Rogers, very well known as that third overall pick. And even he was talking about how stressful it was. We've got the audio. We're going to have to play it, but it was really sweet talking to the guys about these memories and like having them look back for a moment on how far they've come from the day they were drafted to where they are right now. So let's, let's play it.
2: Yeah. It was quite a stressful time. You know, the last, I'd say week going into it, you don't really know what to expect. You don't know where you're getting picked. You don't, you've talked to a couple of teams, you've done a couple of workouts, but you know, at the end of the day, the teams don't really tell you anything until about a minute or two before the pick. So you know, it was kind of nerve-wracking after the first pick. You know, it was the D-backs and hadn't really gotten a call yet. And then right after that second pick, I, I got a call from the Rockies two minute, about two minutes before, and, and they told me they were taking me. And yeah, it's definitely something I'll never forget. So I was at the draft that year. So I was in New York, or New Jersey, I guess it is, New Secaucus. Um, I'm going to the MLB studio and then. By the time I knew it, I was getting getting my name called, so and going to get that jersey and, and shaking the commissioner's hand. So it was a dream come true. I had a lot of family there, a lot of a lot of emotions flying. So it was a, it's a definitely a day I'll never forget.
1: All right, and someone else just had a day, or just had that moment they'll never forget. The Rockies made their pick: Gabriel Hughes,
0: University of Gonzaga, a player that. I had seen linked to the Rockies in a, in one of the last mock drafts that came out on Sunday morning, but it was actually as their thirty first pick, and so a uh, little bit shocking that they went this route. But again, college pitchers uh, were were not very much in abundance this year in in this draft, and Hughes was uh, undoubtedly one of the better ones. He's someone who. Uh, Even as a a week ago was about 26 on the MLB pipeline prospect list, but had slowly been moving up draft boards uh, based on the spring that he had at Gonzaga six foot four, 220 pounds. One of the things that he, uh, one of the boxes he checks off for the Rockies, that's very similar to what they've done. They're going with a younger college arm. We saw that with Ryan Ralston where they drafted him. And he was only 20. He was one of the younger college eligible pitchers. So uh, the Rockies like those younger guys. And so Gabriel Hughes is that guy at number 10. And we've got three more picks today. We may not be live for those, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Gabriel Hughes in just a second, because one of the strategies that the Rockies uh, could utilize here, and we touched on it briefly uh, in the last segment, is drafting players under their actual slot value. So uh, that was that was one of the rumors with with Brooks Lee uh, or Tamar Johnson possibly being selected first overall. Uh, Brooks Lee ends up going 8th and you say, "Well, how could he possibly go first and he ends up 8th? That seems like a big difference." But the deal is if you draft a guy, you might offer him uh, less money than what that slot is Scheduled to go for what it is allotted for. So perhaps Gabriel Hughes is, is waking up Sunday morning and saying, all right, I might be selected, you know, 26, like MLB pipeline things, or maybe I'll go a little bit higher, like 20th or 19th. Well, how much money would that give me? All right. That's, that's kind of the number I have in my head. Well, the Rockies could call and say, you know what, we're going to give you a little bit more than what the 18th or 19th pick is going to go for, but we're going to take you 10th. He's going to say, yeah, I'd love to be taking 10th because I'm going to get that money guaranteed rather than chancing it and possibly falling back even later. So he says, yes, I will take less than what that slot is worth. give him that money and then they can pocket that additional cash for that slot. And now maybe at picks number 31 or maybe uh, pick number, uh, I think it's 38. They could go and take a high school player that's leaning heavily towards college and say, Hey, you know what? We'll give you a little bit more. I know you weren't taken in the first round, but we will give you first round money even though we're drafting you in the second round. Mm -hmm. So again, we'll kind of wait and see what the Rockies' strategy is overall, but uh, Gabriel Hughes is that pick and the Rockies. The reason why we bring that up is because they've got that flexibility. They've got the fifth most amount of money in all of baseball going into this draft, 13.6 plus million dollars in the bonus pool. So again, that allows them a lot of flexibility to, again, maybe not take the best player on their board. It's what they've traditionally done. It's what Bill Schmidt continues to say. And I think in many ways, they probably did think Gabriel Hughes was the best player that was available, but it could allow you to say, we can get two or three of our top 30 players that we've got on our list, rather than just the number one best player that we have. So you're kind of spreading it around. You're getting quantity, maybe a little bit more than just the pure quality of the one player.
1: Yeah. Now, Patrick, is it encyclopedia, Patrick, I'm asking the encyclopedia side of your brain, is it unusual for someone to be projected like, you know, much later in the draft, like around pick number 30 and then have them go so early, like a 10th pick? Is this, is this normal?
0: I wouldn't say it's entirely unprecedented. That can happen uh, with, with these rankings. It is it is very hard, especially as you get later on. It can get all kinds of wacky where someone might be selected with the 50th pick. And look, we, we had that in 2020. Nick York, I think he was 18th overall by Boston. We were live, and when that when that pick was taken, he was legit not on anyone's top 200 list. There was only five rounds that year, so there was less than 200 picks that were going to be made, and he wasn't on any of the top 200 Uh, selections and you actually go back and look at how Nick York has fared in the minors for the Boston Red Sox. He's actually been really solid. You say, oh, yeah, they saw something that no one else did. They also, I think, saw that value so they could sign him a little bit under slot to save money and and maybe get a better player later on down the line. It's something that the San Diego Padres have done a bunch. Uh, Robert Hassel, he wasn't a, a major jump, but he was the player that was selected eighth overall in 2020, ahead of Zach Veen. He was the guy that when the Padres locked up Robert Hassel third, it was Zach Veen day, the party started, uh, it was a celebration. It was fantastic. Uh, and again, that's all because of some of that flexibility. So it's not entirely crazy. That, uh, the later on you 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 get in that first round, the more likely uh, it becomes where something wild can happen like that. So at 10th, I wouldn't say it's entirely too wild, but uh, it, it's getting on that side. It's getting mm-hmm. on that side. The proof will be in the pudding, I guess, in the next couple of years yeah. uh, as far as whether or not Gabriel Hughes well, it was a good selection, but Gabriel Hughes here he is, right-handed pitcher from Gonzaga, big dude.
1: Yeah, nice. All right, welcome to the fam, Gabriel.
0: Love that. As we said, twenty-year-old, six foot four, two hundred twenty pounds. Uh, the positives for him, obviously, his size. Guys has a, has a really good repertoire and a feel for pitching. Fastball sits at about 94, 97. I do not want to even mention, well, what if he goes to the bullpen? He'll throw a 100. No, he might even be able to touch 100, uh, even as a starting pitcher. We'll see if that's a trend that continues uh, to happen there. So, Gabriel Hughes is that selection. Uh, as I mentioned, he's got a slider. Again, part of his repertoire has a really good wipeout pitch. Good feel for the changeup. Love his command and makeup. Weaknesses doesn't seem like he has one. I mean, I think his weakness could be his ceiling, perhaps, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, he's gonna really need to work on that changeup. But he's in an organization in which you got a couple guys who throws a really good, that throw a really good changeup. Obviously, like Edman Marquez. So uh, that's going to be uh, really big for for Hughes to do that. Uh, he was viewed as one of the best arms on all of the West Coast, and as we said earlier, really started to shoot up draft boards uh, after a really strong spring here. Uh, for Gonzaga. So Gabriel Hughes, you know, really fills uh, a need that the Rockies had uh, in, you know, older, more mature arms. they would gotten burned with Riley Pint in 2016 and weren't really going to go that route with someone like a Brock Porter or, or maybe even a Dylan Lesko, whatever it may be. But they go the college route with the uh, what they deem obviously as the best college pitcher available. And he's a young one. He's 20 years old. So uh, even if it takes him parts of three years to get seasoned in the minors can come up on the younger side at 23 years old, but uh very exciting, very exciting for this bulldog to now consider himself a member of the Rockies.
1: Yeah. Um, very, yeah, very interesting timeline. Yeah. Even if he is in the minors for a couple of years, he'll still be young in a couple of years. So youthful.
0: Absolutely. One of the, uh, the interesting elements to this whole draft was thinking about the Hall of Fame because inductions are going to be uh, next weekend. So started thinking about that a little bit and how, you know, 1965, uh, when the draft first began 57 years ago when they first started doing that before that, man, it was the wild, wild west. You could just sign and, and uh, have scouts everywhere. And the St. Louis Cardinals had like 15 minor league teams. So they got to hoard all the talent. Brooklyn Dodgers were teams that did that. And you look at how successful they were. Um, but 19, uh, 1965, that first year, uh, Johnny bench was drafted second round pick, uh, a little bit later, uh, that year, Nolan Ryan was taken in the 12th round signed by the Mets. So those are the first two guys that were ever drafted to make it to the major leagues. Uh, you're not going to see Larry Walker's name on any of those lists. He was an amateur free agent was, was never drafted. So, uh, it's just interesting how the tens and thousands of players who've been drafted that you know, that's the hope that they are going to be Hall of Famers. But we know more times than not that absolutely is not going to happen. It's it's a crapshoot. Uh, it's it's part of the it's part of the journey for the player, and it's part of our journey as, as fans to watch, root them on, and say, man, it'll be interesting to see what happens. What what's gonna what's Gabriel Hughes's career gonna be like? We have no idea, but it's going to be very fun to watch.
1: Yeah, sure. Excited to get this get to know this guy a little more. It says, yeah, the draft is just fun. It's fun to look forward to the future. It's fun to talk about what could be. So I'm excited to really dive into this a little more over the next few days.
0: Yeah, we'll have, we'll definitely have some time to, uh, to do that. Break it down again, though. Rockies have four picks here on the first day through the first and second round. One of those being a competitive balance pick that they get for being a smaller market team. And one of them pick number 31 is their compensation pick for a guy like Trevor story. Obviously the narrative for this, this poor guy's career. And I say poor because what will happen is he's going to get selected 31st overall, and everyone's going to say, oh, this is the guy. So you're trading Trevor Story <laughs> for this kid over here, and let's see what happens. Let's see if it works out. Let's have them have a face-off, and it, it's not necessarily fair. Uh, but nevertheless, we'll, we'll have all of that covered. Uh, we'll talk about maybe what the, the Rockies could have done. 11th overall pick, Kevin Parada out of Georgia Tech. Uh, Goes 11th, he, of course, being a catcher. The Rockies, they got a pretty good catcher in their system right now, and Drew Romo, Hunter Goodman is there. And so uh, Rockies don't necessarily draft based on need. They're drafting for the best player. So Gabriel Hughes, better than Kevin Parada. Again, we're going to have to wait and see. It's going to be exciting uh, following these minor leaguers. It's going to be fun uh, following along with uh, the rest of this draft, the home run derby. We're doing our own own thing. Uh, yes. on monday as well and we'll we'll talk about that on on monday's show the derby the uh the all-star game and i mean it feels like there, there should be some downtime here right but it's going to be anything but that for us and uh and that's not a bad thing
1: yeah you know it's so funny people here at Coors field today are like oh Susie, what are you gonna do with the all-star break i'm like i don't have a break I'm like, I won't be here, but we don't have a break. We're going to be busy. We're going to be pumping out podcasts. we got a home run derby tomorrow that I cannot wait for you guys to see. We're going to have a good week.
0: People are saying, wait, a home run derby that you can't wait for us to see? I mean, we're just going to turn on our TV. Well, we're talking about a different kind of home run derby.
1: No, we we got one. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. It's going to be better.
0: That's why you got to make sure you're following us on all platforms. On Twitter, we're at dnvr underscore Rockies, and I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter.
1: I am at the Susie Hunter on every single platform.
0: And you know what they say about momentum? Well, it is only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you tomorrow.